0: Hello, Real Life family and friends. Pastor Tim with you as we finish off 2023. Today is December 31st, getting ready for a new year. So happy new year to you. And I know one of my uh, favorite things about the new year is just the the new beginning and the time to kind of reset and reevaluate and reprioritize things in my life, and uh, I'm sure you are of the same mindset as well. And so we're looking back on 2023, uh, celebrating the things that God has done in our lives and His faithfulness to us, holding us close and strengthening us in those times that were hard and difficult, but also all the blessings of God that He has poured out on us throughout this year. And as we look to a new year, I want to challenge us as a church To start out this new year with a time of really seeking after god to putting him first on the calendar you know starting out the new year by seeking him praying fasting and just really drawing closer to god putting the very beginning of our year into god's hands and there's just that principle about giving the first and the best to god and the rest will be blessed right and so that's not just about finances or money But it's about our time it's about our heart it's about our energy it's about everything that we are and so i'm going to challenge you to join me this uh this new year starting in january on january 7th next sunday we're going to start a time of prayer and fasting a 21 day period of time where we're really seeking after god and just tuning into what he has for us uh, what he wants to do in us and through us and we have all kinds of different purposes or challenges um, facing us. And so I want to challenge you today in this message to consider why would you be seeking God? And why would you go on this 21-day time of prayer and fasting with us? And so this is a great, great opportunity for us to start out the new year in a fresh way, putting God first. Jesus said this way in Matthew chapter 633, but seek first his kingdom. Seek first his kingdom. You know, we're coming off of a busy lifestyle this last couple of weeks. Lots of presents, lots of activities, lots of parties, you know, all kinds of busyness. And it's just a good time right now to pause and to isolate ourselves and to refocus ourselves onto God. Not isolate ourselves from one another, but to just cut off some of the busyness and the distractions and just refresh ourselves. In God and his purposes and the priority of seeking first his kingdom Jesus said if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness you won't have to worry about all of these other things like what you will wear or what you will eat or how how you will survive you know because when we put our focus on God and we make him our provider he provides for us But when we do the opposite and we think that we're the ones responsible, you know, to make everything happen in our life and we're the ones busying ourselves and putting God on the shelf, then all the pressure's on us and God can't be God for us because we're taking his place. So let's not take God's place. Let's put God on the throne of our lives. Let's seek first his kingdom, not our kingdom, and then let God be our provider as he leads us and guides us and empowers us strengthens us and causes our life to be fruitful like only he can so as we talk about this i want to talk about fasting our church we haven't talked about fasting much in the past but i want to spend some time over these next four weeks talking about the purpose of fasting how we fast why we fast and and then we are going to be doing this starting january 7th to january 27th we are going to challenge ourselves to a 21-day time of prayer and fasting. Now, break that down for you in, in the next couple of messages about what that looks like. But let's start with the word fast. In Hebrew, the word fast or fasting is pronounced tsom, and that means to abstain from eating. So when we're talking about fasting. A biblical fast is when you abstain from eating. I know there's other ways to fast. You can Give up, let's say, um, social media, or you can give up a uh, a favorite drink, or a favorite activity, or watching television, or different things like that. You can cut off things like that, and that's fine. But a biblical fast is to abstain from food, and the purpose of this is to earnestly seek God in prayer. So prayer and fasting go hand in hand in fact if you just fast but you're not praying or seeking god that's called a diet <laughs> right it's not a biblical fast to just not eat but don't replace it with anything um, that's just a, a, a diet so prayer and fasting always go together fasting always is accompanied by earnestly seeking god praying Um, worshiping reading the bible listening to god journaling seeking him spending time focusing on him so we're replacing the the time that we'll be spending on eating and we're using that time to focus on god and seeking his kingdom first and so that's what fasting is biblically and i want to just give you an analogy from uh, my college days uh, and i hope that how this might help you in terms of why why fasting so when i was in college i was in college for four years i lived in a dorm and so um one level of studying i guess you would say is in the basement of our dorm was like a wreck area it had a ping pong table a foosball table nice couches and chairs and a lot of us would go down there and just hang out some people would be playing cards some people would be playing ping pong some people would just be socializing and then there would be a lot of people scattered throughout this this uh, basement you know uh, area um, and they would have their notes and they'd have books and they would be what i what i would say is they were fake studying (laughs) i mean you know how can you really study that well when people are playing games and people are talking and people are coming and going, but there would be people down there, and I just call it they were fake studying. They acted like they were studying. You know, they had their notes out, their books out. Maybe there was some studying going on. I'm sure there were. But I know for me, that doesn't work that well. But that's one level of studying, right? A different level, a higher level of that, was in our own dorm rooms. So I did some studying in my dorm room, and there's certain things I could do there successfully. But keep in mind, I'm in my dorm room, right? So I've got my bed there calling for a nap. Come on. You're tired. It's time for a nap. You know, or my roommate might be coming and going or my suite mates, you know, who are are only uh, a couple feet away through a a bathroom door. So we shared two different rooms with a bathroom in between. So there's still activity going on. Once in a while you hear someone running down the hall or some some guys horsing around in the hallway. So there's still activity, but it's a little bit more secluded. You know, we could study a little bit better there. But, but when I was serious about studying, when I really had a hunker down, maybe I had a big project to do or a paper to write, or maybe I had an exam coming and I just really needed to concentrate and study and really seek after you know, that information. I went to the third floor on, in the library, all the way in the back, because on the third floor of our library, you couldn't talk, you couldn't make any noise at all. I was completely quiet and I would go all the way to the back in the very back where they had some of these desks and these desks were special because they had three walls built right around the desk area like a cubby and I would stick my head in that cubby and I had a wall a wall and a wall right in front of me and I was focused on just what I was trying to learn and accomplish it was quiet all the distractions were eliminated I didn't have my bed calling me for a nap you know, I didn't have roommate uh, a roommate coming and going or my friends running around. I didn't have people playing games and, and coming in and talking. I mean, that was just me and that space and whatever I was working on and studying right there. And that's where I did most of my studying in college. And I think of fasting like that. There's seasons and there's times in our lives where it is good for us to go to the third floor all the way in the back of the library and put ourselves in that place where all the other distractions are gone, we are focused in on what God wants for us, we are seeking Him, there's no other distractions, we're serious, maybe we got a serious issue, a serious challenge, a problem, maybe we need direction or wisdom, maybe there's just a season in our life where we've just been bland in our walk with God and we need a revival in our own spirit or in our church and it's time to seek God, it's just time to get serious. You know what I'm saying? And that's how I see fasting. Prayer and fasting is a time to get serious, to earnestly seek God, to really focus in on what God wants for you and for me. And so we're going to start our year off with this approach, 21 days of getting serious about seeking God, and, and seeing what he has for us. And to just get started on this series, I wanna just introduce several different purposes we see in the Bible for fasting. As we go through these different examples and stories, I'm hoping that at the end, we can revisit these in simple questions and you can decide what is God calling you to pray and fast for? What is the purpose for this prayer and fasting time For you individually because it could be different for, for many of us. But as a church, I'm calling us all to a time of prayer and fasting to start out 2024. So let's look at some of these examples. One reason we might fast today is to humble ourselves before God by subduing our flesh and just seeking to live increasingly by his spirit, not according to our flesh. Our flesh is always screaming for attention <laughs> you know whether it's uh, our feelings or our stomachs you know or our eyes there's always more lust of the flesh there's always more desire for things for comfort uh for all these things it's our flesh but the bible says our flesh is not supposed to be in charge in fact our spirit is supposed to be in charge one of these uh, phrases I've heard recently when I was looking into this topic is uh, someone said, we do not live to eat. In other words, we are, our purpose in life is not to feed the flesh, uh, but rather we eat to live. We have a purpose and eating is just helps us move forward in that purpose. But our purpose is not just to eat. Our purpose isn't just to feed our flesh, if you will but to seek God and let His Spirit rule and reign in us and through us. So, I get this from Romans 8, verses 5 to 8. Paul says, Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed or in control by the flesh is death. But the mind governed or controlled by the Spirit is life and peace and that's what you and i need the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to god it does not submit to god's law nor can it do so those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please god so we need to be spirit filled and spirit led and spirit directed and that comes easier when we say no to the flesh and we enter a time of fasting and prayer and putting aside all these desires of our flesh and subduing that and just humbling ourselves before God. That's one reason we might do that. You know, sometimes I just feel like it's time to say no. <laughs> you know, it's time to say no to some of these cravings, to always be driven by my need for another, this kind of special drink or always feeding and pleasing my, my appetites. And it's just good to say no. And so it's a time to say, no, you're not in charge of me. The Spirit of God is in charge of me. All right, maybe that's a reason you might fast. Number 2 another one is a lifestyle of worship and devotion to God. Just um, it's a lifestyle to just completely seek God and, and and want him. There is an example of this in the Bible in Luke chapter 2 36 to 38 we learn of this lady named Anna. It says she was a prophet, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old, she had lived with her husband 7 years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84 years old. The Bible says she never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. She lived most of her life in the temple. Can you imagine that? She was a prophetess. She was just living a life of devotion to God, praying and fasting and just being in the presence of God all the way up until at this point, her 84th year on earth. And God used her at the dedication of Jesus in the temple. She was there when Mary and Joseph brought Jesus into the temple on the eighth day of his life as they dedicated him to the Lord. The Lord moved upon her and in verse 38 says, coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. What did she say? We don't know. We don't know. The people there know, but we don't know what she said, but she was a prophetess. So the Spirit of the Lord came upon her, and she began to prophesy over Jesus, the baby Jesus, eight days old, and began to say something concerning uh, the redemption of Jerusalem or the redemption of mankind. She saw in the Spirit and had a word, something about, about Him saving or redeeming. Jerusalem or the people or the world, right? Isn't that awesome? So anyway, maybe that's your heart, your desire, just to pray and fast as a lifestyle of worship and devotion to God. God, I just want to give myself to you. I just want to lean into you. I just want to learn more of you. I just want to be close to you. Maybe that's your purpose for this time, this season. Number three, um, another reason is to express sorrow and repentance for our sins, and to ask God's help in breaking sin's power in our life we see this in a in a story in Mark chapter 9 where Jesus um, is coming into a scene where his disciples had been fervently trying to cast a demon out of a boy and failing and Jesus comes into the scene the father's upset the boy is still possessed The disciples are in confusion and frustrated and Jesus cast the spirit out and uh, and immediately and after the commotion settled down the disciples came to Jesus and said, what was going on? Why couldn't we do it? And in some manuscripts, uh, the verse in, in the NIV says Jesus replied, this kind, he's talking about the spirit, the evil spirit, this kind can come out only by prayer. But there's a footnote, and when you read it, the footnote, a lot of times it says uh, many manuscripts also include the word fasting. And so we're not sure why some do and some don't, but the idea is Jesus is saying this kind, this type of spiritual warfare, you can only be successful through prayer and fasting, really seeking God and having this anointing from God that Jesus walked in, that his disciples weren't currently at that time. So that's a pretty interesting thing. And so maybe you just need some extra power from heaven to snap off some demonic stronghold in your life, some, uh, some oppression of depression or of an addiction to be delivered from evil. So Jesus is saying this kind can't be defeated without prayer and fasting. Maybe it's time for you to get serious about something that's got a hold of your life that that uh, you need broken off of you, and maybe this is your time. You're going to use these 21 days to pray and fast and ask God for deliverance to break this off of your life. Okay, so that's a great a great time for you to get serious about this and get some freedom. Number four, another reason to fast, praying fast, is for power to resist de- demonic temptation and attack we saw this in jesus's own life jesus was on a 40-day miraculous fast because it was miraculous because it was 40 days without food and without drink which is impossible for us to do without a supernatural intervention right a human being cannot go more much more than three days without drinking so i am not recommending this fast to anybody (laughs) this is a supernatural fast moses did it jesus did it I don't know of anybody else who's done it, right? And so, But Jesus is doing this, and Matthew 4, 1-4 says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. <laughs> I'd say that's an understatement. <laughs> he was eating for 40 days, and he was hungry. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And so anyway, verse 3, The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Anyway, we see this, and Jesus had two more temptations from the devil there in the first 11 verses of Matthew chapter 4. But we see that Jesus is being empowered to defeat temptation and the attacks of the enemy through this season of prayer and fasting because when he comes out of the desert after this season, And he has defeated the devil three times in these temptations. It says he came out of the spirit filled with the spirit, filled with the power of God. And that's what you and I need. So maybe that's your uh, reason for fasting for this 21 days is to just get power to overcome the evil one, power in your spirit to be strengthened to overcome the attacks and temptations of this world and the evil one. A fifth reason. For, for fasting, uh, is for the Holy Spirit vision for your life, guidance, and empowerment in ministry. Very, some of these are overlapping a little bit, but to hear from God, to receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit, to be um, cl- clearly uh, given direction and guidance and inspiration on your purpose in life, or just what to do next, and to have God's power flowing into your life. Acts 13, we see that the very first missionaries of the early church were sent after a time of prayer and fasting. It says here in Acts 13, 1-4, now in the church of Antioch, or at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. It says, while they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said. Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. So Paul and Barnabas, during a time of prayer and fasting, the Holy Spirit spoke to them and all of those around them and gave them a divine divine direction, vision, and empowerment to go. And they went and they had extraordinary success. Of preaching the gospel and seeing miracles happen and God's protection upon them, even though they went through many hardships. And so, Paul was a missionary, and that was his first missionary trip, was after the Holy Spirit told him to go, empowered him, and people laid their hands on him and sent him. So, maybe that's what you're looking for. Another reason to pray and fast is to seek revival of God's church, to just seek a revival a pouring out of God's refreshment upon all of us, the church, us, the people of God. 2 Chronicles seven fourteen say, if my people, God's talking, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. You get this, you get this understanding that God said, if you get serious, if you humble, you pray, you seek me. It doesn't say fast here, but I, I, I'm, I'm sure fasting would be a part of this and turn from their wicked ways and seek God, right? Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. And God is basically just saying, come to me, get serious with me, turn from your sin, put me first, come after me and I will heal your land. And so some of us are gonna be called to just pray in this way, pray and fast for a revival or a renewal in the church, in the body of Christ, because we need it, don't we? And that might be part of your calling that God is calling you to do, to seek for a revival, not just in real life church, but in the church worldwide and in our nation. Also, another reason is to pray and fast. We see this historically in the scriptures. We also see this historically in different nations of the world, where for protection of the nation um, in times of great difficulty, and danger. There's an amazing story we don't have time to develop here, but I'd encourage you to read it in Second Chronicles, chapter 20. I'm just going to read a couple of verses of this, but the story is is really cool, and it's about Jehoshaphat. It says after this, the Moabites and Ammonites, with some of the Meunites, came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. And listen, this is what happened. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat. A vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea. It is already in Hezazon Tamar, that is in Gedi. Verse 3, alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. When he got this news, he said, I'm going to seek God. I'm going to go straight to God with this. This is a big deal. Our lives are at stake. Our nation is at risk. There's a huge army marching toward us right now. He said, I'm going after God. I got to find out what God wants. And it says, and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. Here's a nation, the king of this nation, Israel, Judah, is he's proclaiming a fast for the whole nation. Hey, everybody, we're in trouble. We need God. We are going to fast. We are going to pray. We are going to seek God. Maybe God will save us. We need God here. We don't just need to start making more weapons. That ain't going to be enough. We need God. And it says, The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek Him. Wow. And we have seen this play out. Like I said, in different nations in history, England has done this. America has done this. Abraham Lincoln declared a nationwide fast three different times in his short presidency for serious issues going on in our nation and for protection. And finally, maybe it's for national repentance and mercy when God's judgment of sin is at hand. We see this in the story of Jonah. Jonah was a prophet of God. God called him to go to a wicked nation, Nineveh. And he didn't want to go because he knew God. He knew that if he went there and said what God wanted him to say, that Nineveh just might repent and they might receive the mercy and grace of God. And Jonah didn't want them to have mercy. He wanted them to perish. He didn't want to be the one that gave the warning because they might listen. So he ran from God, but we know the story. God, God wouldn't let him get away, and he repeated that direction to Jonah, and Jonah finally went to Nineveh and proclaimed the word of the Lord. It's a very simple uh, message of judgment, but this is what happened when he spoke. It says in Jonah chapter 3, verses 6 to 9, when Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, the king rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. This is the proclamation he issued in Nineveh in his nation. By the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let people or animals, herds or flocks taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let people and animals be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may yet relent and with compassion. Turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. So he called a nationwide fast, a time of calling on the God of Israel that God would have mercy on them. And he did. And he did. And so maybe that's what God's calling you. We see this in our nation right now. There are large risks. You know, there is lots of danger in our world. There's a lot of brokenness. And maybe God's calling you. You know to pray for our nation during this time that there would be repentance and that we would have the mercy of God upon us so fasting and praying are integral parts of our faith right as believers and when we fast we open ourselves up to God's work in our lives and as a result we become more sensitive you know to God's voice and and we see God do more things in our lives when we are seeking him and putting Him first There's a couple of dangers though, I want to make sure that you avoid in doing this season of prayer and fasting. Number one is spiritual pride. So this is not about being better than someone else. If you fast more than someone else, you're not better than anyone. We we must not take that position. That has nothing to do with this. So avoid and watch out for spiritual pride, comparing yourself to someone else. Luke 18, Jesus is talking, he says, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector here. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. Aren't I so pious, God? You know, that's what he's saying. Can you believe this? How arrogant. Jesus is telling the story. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Oh, God. Oh, God. Jesus says, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. So Jesus, like fasting is not a, a spiritual pride issue. It's just the opposite. The whole point of prayer and fasting is to humble ourselves before God, not to do some religious thing that makes us puffed up because we think we're better than someone else. All right, the second danger to avoid is formalism. Formalism, this is not just a religious routine. Or an obligation okay my pastor said I should do this so to be a good Christian I'm gonna do this okay I'll do it no no (laughs) don't even do it if that's what you truly feel or think because you're missing the whole point even of this message here this is not a religious formal obligation or routine this is about a genuine hunger and need for God do you need god do you need more of god do you want to know god better in your life do you want to have more power do you want to be more free do you want to be more full are you are you sick and tired of your flesh running your life and you just need a a reset and put the spirit back in control that's what this is about this is a genuine spiritual seeking of god okay that's what this is about that's what fasting is about it's not about religious attitude and you can read more about that in Isaiah, chapter 58, verses 1 to 7. Don't have time to go through all that. But Isaiah 58, 1 to 7, God is challenging the people. It's like, don't just fast because you think you're supposed to fast. If it's not genuine, if it's not real, if, if, if you're not turning from wickedness and you're just doing some formalism, it's pointless. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with it. That's what God says. It needs to be real, genuine, hungering after him and responsive to whatever God is saying to us to do, right? All right. And thirdly, another danger is hypocrisy. This is not to impress others, but this is a private seeking of God. That's between you and God. It's not not to um, compare or to, um, you know, somehow earned some kind of religious points or something. Matthew 6, Jesus is talking. In verse 16, he says, When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Again, it's very close to um, spiritual pride that we were talking about before. Jesus says, Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. They got people's attention. Okay, fine. That's all they're going to get out of it. They're not getting anything out of, from God from, for that because that's God resists the proud, remember? And it gives grace to the humble. So they're not getting anything from God by doing that. They might get some attention from some people, but that's that's empty attention. He goes on to say, but when you fast, put oil on your head, wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you're fasting, but only to your father who is unseen and um and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you in other words keep this between you and God you get real with God it doesn't matter what anybody else is doing doesn't you don't need to be seen or known by anybody else in this process you get real with God and God is going to reward you he's going to he's going to He's going to help you discover more of him. He's going to bless you. He's going to set you free. There's going to be rewards as you seek him. Now, my final, my final um, danger to avoid, though, is legalism, which is this idea that if I do this, God will do that for me, like the quid pro quo. I'll do something, and God will do something. That's very pers- um, uh, What would be the word? Um, can't think of it right now. Presumptuous, there it is. It's very presumptuous of us to say, okay, God, now you owe me, right? I did this, now you owe me. Now, there are promises in the scripture, for sure. There's a promise that the Lord says, seek me and you will live, right? There's another verse that, that God says, if you seek me, you will find me. If you seek me with all your heart. There's another verse that says, it's impossible to please God without faith. For everyone who comes to God must believe that he exists and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So, yes, all these promises are true. God does reward us. God does bless us. But it's not because we're earning it. And so prayer and fasting is not earning something from God. Okay? But God will reward you and he will bless you. So it's kind of like this verse out of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. So a lot of promises in the scriptures are, if I will follow God, then these things will happen. That's true, but we're not earning it. It's just God describing to you how, how seeking him and putting him first changes your life how that is the path of life to walk in. And prayer and fasting is the same. It is a religious, it's a, it's a, not a religious activity. It is an activity, right? That's faith-based, that's seeking God. And yet we also do expect rewards from God, but we're not earning them. So we're walking into that path of life that God has for us. So beware of those those, um, those dangers, right? Because that will steal your true reward if that's your motivation. If your motivation is spiritual pride or um, what was the other one? If it's uh, formal, you're just formally doing it, but your heart's not in there. Or if it's hypocrisy and, you're, again, your heart's not really genuine with God, it's not just you and him, it's not private, Or if you're somehow thinking, I'm doing this in order to pin God down and now he owes me. Those will steal your true rewards because you just need and I just need to humble ourselves before God. Hunger for him. Seek him. He will reward us. That's what Jesus said. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you as well. You won't have to worry about these things. I'll take care of you. But you put me first. You put me first. I hope that makes sense to you. And so as I close this first talk on Seek, we're going to call this series Seek. We are here to seek God. As I close this first message, I want to just remind you and ask you, my challenge to you is to think and pray about why uh, you would do this 21-day Time of prayer and fasting. Why? I'm going to remind you by asking some questions. And whichever one of these questions sticks out the most to you, I would submit that maybe that's the reason why you God is calling you to do this 21 day of prayer and fasting with us. Because God's calling us to do this. So here's, I got, I think, seven questions. Here's number one. Are you wanting to fast in order to know God more and better? Just draw near to God improve your relationship with God? Number two, are you wanting to devote yourself to God in worship and prayer and fasting? You just want to give yourself to God. You just want to focus in on Him. Another one, are you, number three, are you repenting and seeking deliverance from sin? Maybe that's your purpose. Number four, are you seeking God's help in a time of special need? There's a special need right now in your life, a special situation, and you just need God's help. Maybe that's your purpose. Are you in need of God's wisdom, direction, inspiration? And that's your focus. That could be your purpose. Are you called to fast and pray for revival in the church or in the nation or in the world? God's just putting that on your heart. Then that's your purpose. Or finally, are you pursuing empowerment and anointing of the Holy Spirit for ministry. You just want more power. You you just wanna know what God's calling is on your life. That could be your purpose. So I'm asking you and challenging you to kind of reflect on those questions and this message to pick your purpose. Pick your purpose for this time. So I feel like God is calling real life to put him first this year. And so we're gonna gather together, and we're going to pray, and we're going to fast. We're going to do this individually. We're also going to do this corporately. We might have several different reasons, but we are going to do it together and believe that God is going to just pour himself out upon us, that God's going to move on our behalf, that God's going to break chains off of us, that God's going to enlighten our path, that God's going to empower us with his Holy Spirit, and we'll be better for it because God is calling us To himself, he's calling this to himself. During this time, I'm going to be releasing some tools for you, uh, so that you can make the most of this experience. Next week, I'm going to be talking about these tools a little bit more and how we can utilize them along with my message. I just want to introduce them to you right now as we close. So, I'm going to present to you a fasting guide with some different options of what actually you could do in this time of fasting, like how you can fast and what that looks like. And I've got several options for you that you can sort through and see what God is putting on your heart to do. A second tool I'll present to you is just a Bible reading plan. I think it's important that we have some plan that we're going to read through the Proverbs or read through the Psalms or read through the New Testament or something like that. So I'm going to present to you next week a reading plan. So I want you to pick a fast Pick a reading plan because instead of just not eating, we're taking that time and we're going to pray and read and worship. So we need to have a little bit of a structure there so that there's like a meal, a spiritual meal plan for us instead of the physical meal. So I'm asking you to pick a fasting, a fast, pick a Bible reading plan, and also I'm going to present to you a journal. And in this journal will be a 21-day journal Every day, there will be a new promise out of God's scripture for those of us who are seeking him. I mean, the Bible is filled with great promises, and we want to treasure those in our heart. And also, the journal will be an opportunity for us to reflect and write down anything that God is speaking to us through our Bible reading, through our prayer. At the front of the journal will be some space for you to enter in all of your prayer requests, Remember the purpose for which you're praying. You're going to write those things down. You're going to use your journal. You're going to respond to what God is saying. You're going to reflect on what God is saying to you. And you're just going to interact. You have that tool to interact with God and really see what God is saying to you and how you're going to pray and what you're going to be praying for. Okay, And then finally, we're going to have some special prayer meetings and some special services. And so I want to encourage you to consider to come to as many services, as many of these opportunities as you can. Uh, for example, um, I'm going to be looking to have pr- a special prayer meetings on Tuesday mornings uh, at 8 a.m. at the church, probably like a half hour long, on Thursdays at the church at noon, and then on Sundays Sunday mornings at 8.15, we're going to have these special prayer gatherings, and I'm just inviting anyone and everyone who wants to come to be a part of those. I'll announce those again later. And then on January 27th, it's a Saturday night, we're going to finish our season of fasting with a special time of worship at 6.30. It's going to be a great celebration of just sharing what God has done and worshiping and praising and giving Him thanks. And so let me pray for you um, that God would inspire in you a, a clarity for the purpose for your calling to pray and fast and that this new year would be a great year as we give it first to God and let him be in charge of our lives. Let him be in charge of our year coming up and let him lead us and guide us in the direction that he wants us to go. So God, we just come to you now and just thank you that you are with us and you are calling us to seek first your kingdom. So, God, we decide to hear that call and to seek first you as we start this new year. And I pray for each one listening right now, Lord, that you would inspire in us and birth in us a clarity for our season of prayer and fasting. For these several different possible purposes, I pray that you would just highlight what we need the most, what we should be focused on during this time of prayer and fasting. And God, meet with us. God, uh, fill us, touch us. Fill, uh, just strengthen us and reveal more and more of Yourself to us, Lord. Let us be built up and be strong in You, God, and in Your Spirit. I just pray your blessings on each one as we start this new year. God, this will be a great year for us and our families that you would bless us with health, with more revelation, with intimacy, with you, a growth of our spirit, a growth in our relationships, a growth in the blessings that we're able to experience this year. Lord, may your hand be upon us. May your favor surround us. Lord, may you lead us in victory all throughout this year of 2024 and we give you all the thanks and praise in jesus name amen amen Will the lord bless you and keep you the lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you and the lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in his name amen god bless you